0: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of Webmaster Radio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of
1: Webmaster Radio.fm is prohibited.
0: Business is changing and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, Now, please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years, and Chief Executive Officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge,
2: Glenn Engler. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive business results. Today, I'll be talking about community and content rules with CeCe Chapman, a fellow Bostonian, prominent figure in the online and social media marketing world, and best-selling co-author of Content Rules, How to Create Killer Blogs, Podcasts, Videos, Ebooks, Webinars, and More that Engage Customers and Ignite Your Business. C.C. is the founder of Digital Dads, the creator and host of the wildly popular Managing the Gray podcast, and a member of the Media Hacks and Cast of Dads podcast. C.C. has extensive knowledge of the online space and is a sought-after speaker. He's addressed crowds around the world on a variety of topics, focusing on content-based marketing and the value of community building. Cece's worked in the online marketing and social media fields his entire career, building and executing digital marketing programs for companies like the Coca-Cola Company, Discovery Channel, American Eagle Outfitters, HBO, and Verizon Fios, among others. You can connect with CC on Twitter at twitter.com, forward slash CC underscore Chapman, or on his blogs at cc chapmancom and digitaldads.com. It's great to have you on Market Edge, Cece. Welcome.
1: I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
2: My pleasure, okay, so let's go back. You graduated from Bentley University with a degree in computer information systems, and here you are an expert on blogs and marketing. Uh, what inspired you to make the initial shift over to marketing?
1: yeah, so um, it was it was a fun time because the internet was just coming out. you know the graphic browsers were just coming out as I graduated, and I was always just turned on by the web. I loved what it saw, what I saw. I loved what, how it connected me with people. And I'd always been kind of doing it in the back, teaching myself HTML and those sort of things. And it was actually at a point where I was working at Babson College, another business school here in New England. And I was building their intranets. I was doing usability. And it was funny that they had their own marketing department and the webmaster was leaving. And I said, you know what? I want his job, but I want to do something more with it because you know, going forward, it's not just going to be about the web. It's going to be about a bunch more. And I'd like it to be, you know, a digital marketing manager. They said, okay. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I was, I had a, I didn't had an official marketing hat on it. And it's just something I've always. No one ever told me I couldn't do it. So I just, you know, started my own agency and sold my agency and you know worked with clients and just try to, you know, I think maybe part of the reason is I haven't worked at the big agencies in New York or Boston and I don't have that preconceived what it means to market, and I've just kind of always gone from my gut and known what's, you know, it's about people first and foremost, and I think that's why I just kind of, you know, I've always embraced this, and now I get to do it for a living. It's great.
2: So fast forward to Content Rules, which is, for the listeners, an absolutely brilliant must-read book that you co-wrote with Ann Hanley for Marketing props. And one of the phrases that you have in, in our big themes in the book is organizations as publishers. And you noted that if you produce great stuff, your customers will come to you. Talk a little bit about how an organization should determine what's the right type of content that's right for them and for their customers.
1: Right. So it's funny because when we talk about embracing being a publisher, it scares a lot of organizations because they're like, oh, well, they hear publisher and they think magazine or television and it's... Yeah, that's part of it, but it's more of a mentality where you need to think about everything you create and you say and you share is, you know, you should the more you think like a publisher, whether it's an editorial calendar um, or, you know, it's what type of content you're creating, you need to think about that. And one of the things we always, I'm a big, big proponent of is, you know, up front, Sitting down and figuring out where does this go into our overall strategy and communications plans and all those things, because most organizations, no matter what size or what you're doing, you've got those in place. You've got your marketing plan for the year, you've got your communications plan for the year, and unfortunately, too many people try to snap on that social aspect or that content aspect, and that's when things fall down. My, the biggest thing you can do is to actually stop and look the year ahead and figure out, okay where can we use content going forward if it's something new for you? And content, don't forget, is everything from as simple as, you know, your tweets and your Facebook status updates, all the way up to white papers, it's events, it's, you know, it's, it, it's videos, it's blog posts, it's everything imaginable. And what's, you know what I think people need to start thinking more about is, you know, I've already got this product launch happening, or this donation drive, or I've got this big event. Okay, we'll figure out how you can leverage content to both promote that, you know, before, during, and after is what we talk about. Because when content is done right, it's not just you know, whoa, you know, come to our event, come to our event. It's all also about well, after the fact, if you missed the event, how can you leverage? that through content. So there's no one magic silver bullet. It's really about taking the time upfront to do the unsexy part, which is strategy, and really thinking about where does this fit in going forward, and how can we measure that it's going to be a success.
2: So some of the listeners we know uh, work more in B2B, some yep. more in B2C. Can you talk a little bit about how content strategies should differ, or how do they differ between those two uh, target customers?
1: Well it's funny cuz I'll never forget we have a whole chapter in the book and I know it's chapter 10 that's dedicated to B2B and the very first paragraph says, you know, hey FYI the first 9 chapters apply to you too and our publisher <laughs> didn't didn't get get what we were getting at but we get asked this question all the time. And the fact of the matter is it does apply to you. It is exactly the same thing. And I would argue that in a B2B case, the company knows more about their target audience than any B2C company. You know exactly the type of person that you're trying to reach. The other great thing about B2B is that usually you have a sales cycle. You know, Maybe one month might be a year. It could be a lot of things. But you have that same cycle that you usually go through with each new customer that you're going out to. And the great thing is once you've got that sales cycle, right there's your editorial calendar. You figure out, you know, what are you going to push, you know, those very first tidbits to get people interested? What are you going to push during, you know, the sales? Where, you know, where you've got to throw them bigger, deeper, richer things, you know, like deeper white papers or more how-to videos? And then afterwards, you know, how are you going to keep them engaged as well? Um, and I always point, the example I love to put is look at like what Cisco is doing. They do a lot of great stuff with content where they have humor in it, they have fun with it, but it's also informative and always about selling the product. So think about who your customers are and what, you know, what's going to be entertaining or engaging to them and then start making your content be that stuff.
2: So you just surfaced Cisco as one and they're they're fascinating what they do and they've made a, a, an industry that many don't think of as very sexy. They've made it incredibly impressive with what they've done. Um, you've also worked in a lot of different industries um, over the course of your career. So can you give uh, your perspective on, um, let's start with some companies. Who's doing it right? Uh, that you admire you mentioned Cisco who else is doing it right in your opinion
1: um the one I, I, I always point to ford as a great example of a big big company who's doing it right things like my ford story and you know the campaigns they've done in the past where you know They're always looking at, you know, well what you know, yes, we want to create content, but what can we do to make it live lo- as long as possible and have as much return on it? And they're always mm-hmm. doing new things, and they're always experimenting. So I, looked, I look at Ford as doing a great thing. Um, I like what, I mean, full disclosure, past client of mine, but I love HBO doing a lot of things with, with different shows where they're, they're figuring mm-hmm. out they know that each show they have is a different audience. You know, just because you like one show doesn't mean you're like another show. So there's a lot of content being developed around individual properties as they come out because that's targeted that audience, which is very, very smartly done. Um, those, are the t- those are the two that immediately come to mind. On a, on a smaller scale, um, I love – there's a company, GORUCK, that makes backpacks that I'm a big personal fan of that I use their products. But I love how they're all about um, local business, U.S. manufacturing, and the military. are their three pillars. And they're, they're creating content around that. Where their CEOs out visiting, you know, manufacturing plants and posting these videos, you know, and they're doing it on no budget. So I think they're an interesting example. And then in the nonprofit sector, you know, charity water is kind of the the thing everybody should, you know, aspire to be like. What where they're just they're constantly sharing all this amazing content, uh, both from a donor perspective as well as sharing their success stories. So I mean, there's some inter- there's some different markets for different audience members depending who
2: who's listening. Hmm. So, um, are there industries that you see that are further behind that need to catch up uh, compared to some other industries that are getting it?
1: The one that kills me that is so far behind is the entire hospitality industry. Everything from resorts to hotels to restaurants seems to be, and I can already hear, I'm probably going to get hate mail because of this, but that's the one industry that seems to, you know, could. could should own this world. I mean, because everything they do is about the experience and yet you see so little of it happening. There's some of it happening out there for sure, but I just, it's the one industry that I just keep looking at and I'm amazed that they're not doing more with it. And the whole social sphere, they could be doing so much more with it. I mean, entertainment gets it right because let's face it, that's an easy one, but they are. I mean, whether it's video games or television shows or movies, they're constantly having to create and think way, way, way outside the box and with new stuff because you know the old ways of just swapping up a movie trailer and a poster and getting people in your theater doesn't happen anymore. So the entertainment world is constantly trying out new things. They're some of the first to play with new technologies as they come out and new approaches and see if they work. Um, right. So while you may be the most different thing from the entertainment industry, looking at how they leverage something, whether it's a new tool or platform, mm-hmm. And then I think it's a great industry to look at that you can kind of pull and go. Oh, well, here's how we could do it.
2: So it's really interesting you brought up hospitality because you're absolutely right. That's the epitome of an experiential industry. Why? Any thoughts as to why they're struggling uh, as, a, as a category?
1: I don't. It's funny because I've talked to different people at different levels and positions in a whole variety of, because it seems like I've been saying that for a long, long time. And, you know, whenever the, the closest explanation I've gotten, and I don't think it's a valid one, is, well, there's no time, or we don't have the knowledge how to do this. or And I just, I don't get that because they're always about, you know, if you're a restaurant or a hotel, you're always about making the customer as happy as possible. Right. But then it, it just seems like such a, I think part of it is, the same hurdle you see in any industry where they're, they think about it from the technology side first and that scares them off rather than realizing they've probably already got the skills and they can hire people or get, you know, learn those, the tech side skills. But they always, I think that's the barrier that scares them off is, Oh my God, I don't understand this. When it's right. mo- it's more about what's, what's inside of you first and foremost. And you know, they just need a little handholding. And I think, you see it's starting to come around very very slow, but they they, they should own that
2: space <laughs> it It's interesting because a lot of what we certainly hear are are in more regulated industries like healthcare or pharma or financial services or food, which at least has the yeah. the the specter, if you will, or the umbrella of the the legislative side and the regulatory side so um, that needs a little more of the handholding. It's just interesting to think of hospitality, which, quite frankly, is the epitome of experiential and actually doesn't have those built-in hurdles. Um, seems completely ripe for it. Completely agree with you. So um, you, if you start to think about some of the things that you said in content rules, and we're just sharing here about... Uh, a content calendar and uh, or an editorial calendar, and thinking about all aspects of the content and what makes different content sing, and and just really thinking like a publisher. Um, talk about your different endeavors as an individual and as an entrepreneur. How do you take that principle? Um, many people spew recommendations to others but don't necessarily embrace them and I've just been so struck about how you absolutely walk the walk and talk the talk in your own businesses um, talk a little bit about what you've done in terms of creating content for your own blogs podcasts or speaking engagements
1: yeah so I I do create a lot of content and it's uh, I wish it was more organized sometimes I mean, you know I wish I had I'm getting better at the whole taking my medicine of, of um, having an editorial calendar and really laying out you know, here over the next month is what I want to create. But it's one of those things where I've always, I've always told myself I will create stuff when I feel a need for it. So if I'm out at an event and I all of a sudden get the urge to shoot a video, I will. I don't always plan, how, you know, I'm going to shoot a video this month. It's more along the lines of, yeah, every place I go, every experience I take part in, I try to capture something from it. Sometimes it is a written blog post. I'm a big photographer, so I shoot a lot of photos of it. Mm. Video is something I'm getting more comfortable with as I do more of it because I've never been into the sh- the editing of video. I can I can get in front of a camera and not be scared. Uh but editing's never been something I've been really into. So I've been trying to do more of it in order to get myself more comfortable with it because I firmly believe the more you do with it, the more comfortable you get, then it just becomes second nature. Um but yeah, I'm always trying – because let's face it, I know that of all these different various channels and businesses I've got, if I don't feed them on a regular basis, one of our analogies in the book is to um, stoke the campfire. It's the same exact thing is I know I've got these campfires where people are interested and they're coming, they expect stuff. But if I don't keep feeding it, if I don't keep putting more wood on the fire, it just burns out and people will go away and go find it someplace else. And that's what it's the way I always – where. If I go a couple days and I haven't done something on one of my channels, I, I go, oh, I've got to do something. I need to focus on figuring out what it is. And that's where having an editorial calendar, if I knew, well, next week I've got these two posts coming out, and in three weeks I've got this white paper I'm doing, it would be much more organized, and sometimes I try to mm. do that. But, you know, my clients come first, so I'm always focused on their editorial calendars before my own sometimes. But that's, that's my approach. Always, I'm always trying to create something from out of everything I do.
2: And can you share a little bit, you guys mentioned this in the book, this notion of reimagine versus recycling of content. Uh, that's certainly something we see a lot with organizations. Say, oh, cool, I have a TV spot, let me slap it online. Or, oh, cool, I've done this over here. But you have a very powerful yet subtle twist on that. Will you just expand on it a little bit?
1: Yeah, so recycling is easy, right? You make a piece of content, you make that television spot of course you're going to put it across all your channels, across Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. I mean, of course you're going to do that. That's easy. But what we talk about is to reimagine and not recycle, where, you know, okay, you made that video. Well, maybe you made a, also made a, a behind-the-scenes video of the making of it, or maybe you took snapshots during the day while you were creating that video, or you've got that great event that you just held, and you, you went around and asked each person at it you know, the same question of, what was your favorite thing about this event? What we try to do is to say to people, you're already creating this stuff. What can you do around it to make it something more? Um, video is a perfect example because, let's face it, not everybody enjoys watching videos. And when you have a video, you can automatically create a podcast out of just the audio. That's That's two seconds of work on your computer, You could have it transcribed and turn into a series of blog posts. Perhaps you take that longer video and you cut it up and then segment it out. You know, I've seen a lot of white papers lately where they interview, they actually video interview the authors, so that way they can have that supplemental content and show those videos over the course of several weeks. And every time they put out one of those videos, they link. By the way, see the read the full white paper, read the full report. So it's thinking about how you can take take one thing and turn it into five or ten things. And sometimes you can't always do that. But, it, you know, v, VW did this a great example from the Super Bowl this past year, the, the dog chasing the car <laughs> that, you know, everybody loved. They also made a behind-the-scenes video that a week after the Super Bowl they published, which I thought, oh, they already got all these crew together making this video. And they said, well, let's make a second video as well. Um, You know, little things like you don't always have the budget for that, but it could also have been done on a flip cam. It doesn't – budget shouldn't constrain your imagination.
2: Interesting. All right, so a bunch of other questions, but right now we're going to take a short commercial break. Please stand by, and we'll be right back with CeCe Chapman and more of the conversation.
0: Market Edge will return in just a moment. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The internet marketing ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to That's RADIO two two one six nine one for Moby Mantis.
2: As you know, being an expert at <gasps> f- what did she say? requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f**k? Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f**k. Performance to the next level. The language. Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Acquisio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Acquisio.com to get a demo today. Acquisio. Search, social, display, one platform.
0: Your search engine is slip your servers into overdrive. It's webmasterradio.fm steering you into the winner's circle. webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. We're back with more market edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Glenn Engler.
2: Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Cece Chapman, best-selling co-author of Content Rules, talking about community and content rules. Cece, in February, you shared your thoughts about Pinterest on your blog and uh, made an interesting point that every social network is what you want to make make it out to be. Uh, Talk a little bit about Pinterest and the phenomenon that seems to be absolutely sweeping the, the social media landscape right now.
1: It's hysterical. It makes, it, and we, I mean, anybody who's spent any time in the online world knows this happens on an ongoing basis. Some new tool comes out, everybody gets excited, everybody blogs about it, talks about it, and then it kind of fades away and keeps churning along. And Pinterest right now is, you know, it's the new kid on the block, it's the hot thing, everybody's talking about it. And basically, I mean, Pinterest at its most core is, you know, it's it's a bulletin board. It's a scrapbooking, a clipping, a news clipping service, whatever way you want to look at it, for whatever you want. And my whole thing about it was, of course, there's all these things about, oh, Pinterest is, you know, for women. It's not for guys. And I kept seeing that. It, it just bothered me. And, I, you know, I firmly believe that how you use Pinterest, how l- the listeners use Pinterest, how a business uses Pinterest, or any social network is completely dependent on what they want to get out of it. I use it personally, you know, I clip things. I've always had the clip mentality. I used to clip, I still clip a lot of things into Evernote, which is private for me. But Pinterest now, you know, I clip things I find interesting, things I might use in future presentations, you know, things like that. And I share it. And it's kind of fascinating because, yeah, I follow some people who start clipping things or pinning, I guess I should say, things I'm not interested in. So I just unfollow those boards, the concept of, you have a bulletin board where you can post things on different topics. And it's kind of interesting cuz you're starting to see the brands come on there very slowly and everybody's treating it kind of differently, which I think is smart because people are trying to figure out what works, for, you know. I see Sony doing it much more for, you know, they're clipping everything from their old television spots to old print mm. ads, but they're also they're pinning all their new products. And then real simple, you know, they're 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 doing it really smart where they're taking the sections of their magazine and they have boards for each of them and they're clipping things both from the magazine, but also from, you know, whether it's, you know, one of their sections is DIY, so they have lots of products, they have crafts. And I was like, that is perfect because they're now expanding their magazine brand to specifically out to Pinterest. So I think it's it's what you want. And I, I'm, I for one, am excited about brands coming on there because I'm curious to see what they're going to do with it and who's going to figure it out and be smart about it rather than just you know who's going to reimagine their stuff for Pinterest rather than just recycling it and slapping everything out there so it's an an interesting time
2: you talked about your um (coughs) excuse me you talked about your love of photography and interesting with both the um, can, computer information systems background, but also love of photography and seeing things like Pinterest come to life, seeing a whole push of user experience and design, even seeing the phenomenon of um, infographics coming. You know, do, do you have a thought about where is this going uh, in terms of kind of what's what's coming next? You you mentioned a little bit about video. Do you think this, oh, the whole site sound, and motion is? Um, we're we're ripe for more explosion there in the social space.
1: I think without a doubt. I mean, let's face it. As humans, I mean, we are visual. We love to look at things. Um, and let's in video is video is not going to go away at all because you know the old days when we had bandwidth concerns about watching and uploading. Those are fading away very very rapidly. Uh, and the cost to produce video continually goes down. Um, but at the same time, I, I'm a diehard believer that the still image is not going to go away either because,
2: mm. you know, a
1: really well done photograph is so powerful because you make up your own story. It, it stands on its own. and It's a quick look. You don't have to watch a video for it. Um, I know there's there was this trend there for a couple of months with uh, what are called cinographs which is basically, it's not an animated GIF, it's a slightly moving photo, and I thought that was kind of interesting, and these concepts of of what we're seeing now with technology coming out to shift focus on photos after they've they've already been taken, I think opens up some interesting uh, play space for people Mm. to use photography, but yeah, the visual medium is not going away. I mean, the fact that I can sit here in my office and my Xbox plays video off the internet or off of my computer or off a of television just that shows you that it's not it's not going away at all and I, i'm excited because storytelling is where good content comes from at its heart yep. and you know it's going to force people to realize that that thing, you can tell a beautiful story in a print ad or a television spot but you know you got to think beyond that sh- buy my product buy my product stuff and i think it just the possibilities are endless, which is exciting for someone like me or you who works with clients to find that story and then tell it. I mean, it's 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 gonna it's not gonna go away. It never we told right. stories around the fires back in the old days and we're just <laughs> different different fireplace now, right? We have the whole internet to tell it.
2: There's many more tools to romance the storytelling. I love that phrase, storytelling. Yeah. All right, so one of, the, one of the things I like to do, and I'm very excited to do this with you, is I um, we do sort of a lightning round, and I throw out um, technology or different aspects, and then it's literally off the top of your head, what do you think, your point of view, and there's no right or wrong answer, but I'd love yeah. to hear how your brain thinks. So let's start with Instagram. Love it. Eat
1: better. Why? Love it because it gives me snap – people are sharing snapshots of their life. And I, I absolutely love it. Okay. Um, Google Plus. Again, love it. It is the primary social network I use right now.
2: Interesting. Say more about that. That is unique, I'm sure, for many.
1: I, I, lo- I just like it because it allows for longer form commentary. If I post something – as opposed to Twitter where it's like 140 characters or Facebook, usually it's just like a like button. People leave longer comments whether they like it or not. And there's a hearty debate on things and I like it. The non-anonymous factor makes it so that trolls don't come out very often to play. <laughs> uh, visually, <laughs> as a photographer, I love the way they handle photos um, and all the location being tied in. And it's just, it's been, it, it, I, I, it's the first and last network I check out every
2: day. So interesting. We're seeing uh, tons and tons of interest with our clients. Clearly, all sort of struggling. Some have clearly embraced it. Not surprising. It's the the leading ones in a lot of places with the Coke and the Fords of the world that really are seeming to get it. But it's um, very interesting. Um, what about the whole Daily Deal phenomenon? The Groupon's, Living Socials of the world.
1: Uh, great concept. Never thought they'd be sustainable. And I'm sort and. I'm kind of happy to see them sort of dying off. I mean, everybody wants a good deal, but the daily – I mean, Woot's been doing it since the beginning of time, but I just – all the hype over Groupon and all these other things, I just think need to go away.
2: Um, What about QR codes? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
1: (laughs) uh, uh, Until until every camera – until every phone – can point at it and take a picture, a regular picture, not need an app until my phone can take a picture of it and it knows what to do with it automatically, they will never catch on in the mainstream um, because it needs to be easier. And most, most uses of it, I've seen it, are pretty lacking. There's potential there, but nobody's yeah. using. very few people are using it correctly from a marketing standpoint.
2: I was just in New York last week, and there was a huge QR code on the side of the bus as it went zipping down the street, and I was trying to figure out (laughs) what I'm supposed to do to go get that without getting killed. Um, So I hear uh, mention of a new book on your blog. Can you give us a preview or what you're kicking around working on?
1: I literally just missed that. The whole thing just staticed out. I didn't hear what you said. Uh,
2: Chatter on your blog about a mention of a new book
1: yeah, so I got a new book coming out. comes out September tenth is what I've been told. Um, it's much more focused on the success and leadership side of the equation. You know, more about you know kind of sharing, sharing in my what I believe makes people successful. And I figured I wanted to put it out there and see if people agreed or disagreed with it. So it'll be coming. I haven't announced the title yet or anything like that, but uh, it's coming out from Wiley in September. So you'll be hearing more Great. soon, I promise.
2: Fantastic. Well, if it's uh, half as good as Content Rules, it will be another bestseller. So we are unfortunately, no, it's true. So we're unfortunately running out of time. So I want to thank you, CC, for being my guest today. Thanks to everyone in the audience for listening to today's conversation. If you have any questions or would like to talk further about the topic of today's show, feel free to connect with me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Glenn Engler or on my blog at www.glenengler.com and visit www.webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern time on Tuesdays to tune into episodes of Market Edge. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.